Turn with me in your Bible to the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 5. Deuteronomy in chapter 5. And really, if you want to go, just join that group. It's going right there. You'll have a blast in uh, children's church. Um, I know some adults who act like five-year-olds, too, so y'all might want to join in. You ever met one? Uh, you ever met one? <laughs> I'm going to talk about one that was in my church back in Little. Well, I shouldn't have said that. They're watching. Bye. They might figure out who it is. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Today, Moses is viewed by Israel. Uh, of course, Abraham is the father of Israel. But Moses is viewed as like a father to his people. And in Deuteronomy, Moses is, is giving like a farewell address to the people of God because they've been through the wilderness experience. They've left Egypt. They're out of slavery now, and they've been through the wilderness. They have the Ten Commandments from Exodus. And uh, he's going to send them now from the wilderness side to the Promised Land. So he's on one side of the river, getting ready to send them over to the other side. And sending them over to the other side, he reminds them about the Ten Commandments and how important these are to possessing what God wants you to have, uh, what is his will for your life. And I think that's why this commandment we're looking at today about idolatry is so important. Not just for Father's Day, but for all of us. Uh, so understand, we have come through a wilderness time ourselves. Uh, not near like the children of Israel in the wilderness in Paran and so forth. But uh, the last year and a half, two years, uh, has been a kind of wilderness for many, many of us. And you've been under stress and you've Life has been different, and it's not been quite the same. And so um, I think it's applicable today going forward because as a church, we are going forward too. And we're going forward in uncharted territory. We've never been here before. We've never been in this situation before. And uh, we're trying to figure out the future. But some things never change. And uh, I pray that this message will be helpful to you in your journey with the Lord because you might find yourself facing a wilderness as well. Uh, I appreciate your prayer for this surgery I'm going to have this week. Uh, they call it minor. For me, it's major, but it's really not too big, big a deal. But I'll be in the hospital two or three days. So we'll go in on Thursday. It was supposed to be Tuesday, but they changed it to Thursday. So um, if I'm not able to be here next Sunday, Steve uh, Butler will be here. Uh, but uh, hang in there with me, and thank you for your prayers. Um, all right, Deuteronomy chapter 5. Today, we're going to back up to uh, verse 6 again, and we're going to remember what the Lord has said to uh, the people of Israel through Moses, uh, who was like a father to them because he led them through the wilderness. And uh, in verse 6, he quotes the Lord uh, as God has spoken to him the ten words. Uh, that's where we get the term Ten Commandments. It's a decalogue, meaning ten words. And uh, he is helping them to recall these most important commandments. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Secondly, verse 8, you shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not make for yourself an idol 
or anything uh, in the likeness what is in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. If you're following along in the outline in the bulletin this morning, get a little write-in going there. Uh, the first part of our message today, as we talk about God wanting to guard your heart. God knows, number one, that we have a propensity toward idolatry. We, there's something about us that wants to worship just about anything. Uh, we were created with a heart to want to worship. And um, uh, in the world in which we live today, there's so much to give your heart to that will hurt you. There's so much to give your heart over to that will hurt you. And God loves you. And He knows that you have a propensity to sin. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, and, and one of the first sins here in the Scripture, in fact, um, Martin Luther said if we, if, we, um, if we break one of the Ten Commandments, we have to break the first one first. Because we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this sense of wanting to worship something that we need in our life, that we want to, to take care of us, is a, a common experience in all cultures. All cultures experience worship. Even the people that call themselves the atheists these days worship something. It may be themselves. It may be their own definition of who they are. St. Augustine, one of the church fathers, said that idolatry is worshiping anything that ought to be used and using anything that ought to be worshiped. I like a contemporary uh, definition of idolatry uh, that goes like this. Idolatry is when we craft a God to serve our purposes. I think that pretty much says it. Because as Israel left Egypt, uh, they took a lot of Egypt with them. They had lived among uh, a culture of people in Egypt that worshipped false gods. And it was hard to get Egypt out of uh, Israel, even though Israel had been brought out of Egypt. And so you remember during the wilderness experience when Moses went to the top of Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments, when he got back down there, they had put all their gold and jewelry and melted it and created this golden calf and they were worshiping it because they couldn't wait any longer for Moses to come down. There's something about us that wants to create a God for our purposes. But what God is doing is He is crafting us for His purpose in this world. When we worship an idol... And you think for a minute, well, I don't have any idols, but in a minute I'm going to get to this. When we worship an idol, we are really abandoning a loving Father who has created us and redeemed us in Jesus Christ. We are really saying to God, you are unworthy. You are unworthy of my time. You are unworthy of my energy. You are unworthy of my love. You are unworthy of my desire. 
God, you are unworthy of my trust. In the Old Testament in Israel, Israel always struggled, uh, the people of God struggled with uh, trying to fit into the culture around them and ended up worshiping gods of their culture. And we do the same today, we just may not realize it. In the New Testament, idolatry was everywhere in Bible lands. There was no shortage of religion in New Testament times. They just didn't know the Lord our God who made a covenant with Abraham and in Jesus Christ revealed himself completely to us. And so in the book of Acts, when these new Christians who came from the Gentile culture, this worldly culture, came to Christ, one of the uh, requirements that the early church said of them was that you are to abstain or stay away from anything sacrificed to idols. The counsel of the pastor John in the book of 1 John at the very end, the very last sentence of his first letter uh, to the churches says, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Idolatry is a problem. It's a problem we may not even recognize. My son, who works in Hawaii, uh, works for Terminex. And uh, he has passed a test, and he knows how to find out if you've got termites in your house or not. And uh, in, that, in that state of Hawaii, uh, termites are a real bad problem. There are many, many houses are just constructed of wood, and, uh, but you can't see them. And this summer is called the swarming season. And he said he had a customer the other day that came, uh, called up and said, can you come and get rid of all these ants and insects that's going around here in my house? And my son got there and said, well, your real problem is, is that you have... Uh, termites. He said, I don't have termites, I just got these ants running around. He said, no, you have termites. And he pushed on the wall and the wall just fell through because that's how bad they had eaten through the walls of his house. Our spiritual houses may present a facade to the world that we're okay with God and we're okay with Jesus and everything's right in our life. But when you put a little stress on us, when, when COVID came along, when life's trials and hardships come our way, uh, we begin to find out what we're really made of and what the idols are in our life and where, uh, how much we really value the God who saved us. Moses reminded Israel in this passage of Scripture that God is the God who is compassionate and redeeming and saving. He not only created you, He redeemed you and He saved you. How much do you value His salvation? Idols come along easily in our life. We don't recognize it, but they do. And we need to be aware of when they are coming and when we are uh, cohabitating with our idols or when we are hiding them and don't really realize that we are doing so. And that leads me to the second point of um, my message today is that the Lord invites us to protect our hearts from these idols that are all around us. Now when I talk about protecting our hearts from idols, Two words come to my mind. 
One is the word assessment, and the other is the word assignment. In the word assessment, we need to be honest with God through the Holy Spirit and ask Him to reveal to us, is there anything that I love more than I love God? An idol is anything that's more important to me than God. That's what an idol is. Anything that's more important to me than God. An idol is anything that captures my heart more than God and asks of me what only God rightly deserves. We had a conference here Thursday night about Sunday school, and the Sunday school uh, teacher uh, for the state of Kentucky, he is the director of the Sunday school work, uh, Darrell Wilson, made this statement. He said, the FBI can't even find most Baptists in our churches. And uh, it, I began to think about what he said, how, how we get wrapped up in the world and what the world wants of us, instead of what God desires of us. Idolatry is when we craft a God to serve our purposes. Worship is when God crafts us for His purposes. And that's why we're here today. We're here to let God craft us, to make us more in the image of His Son, Jesus Christ that we might become more aware of the stuff and the things and the desires in the world and in our own heart that are taking us away from our desire for God. You see, when God made you, He created you with a heart that's a built-in worship center. And you can't help but worship something. Romans 6.16 says, Do you not know that the God to whom you serve and obey is whatever you decide to serve and obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness? There used to be a song when I was a seminary student that said, We're going to serve somebody. God has created us with a heart that desires to worship. Do we worship Him or does something else take first place? in our life. Well, one of the ways to assess this is to ask ourselves some questions. And I want you to fill in the blank as I share these questions with you. Maybe this will help us discover what the idols are that are hiding in the walls and the facade of our Christianity. More than anything, I want blank. More than anything, I want blank. Or, I fear blank the most. Number three, I'm obsessed with blank. Or, I am seeking blank the most. I am trusting blank, fill in the blank, the most. If Christ is not in that blank, 
you got an idol hiding in your life. Now I want to tell you the story that I had. It occurred to me after 30 years of ministry and pastoring and 40 years really, that I'm the kind of guy that likes to please people. That may be why I'm a minister of the gospel, I don't know. But there's just something in me that wants everybody to be happy with me. I just want everybody to like me. That's just who I am. And when you give me verbal feedback like I really enjoyed that sermon Sunday, I just swell up. I go home, I take, tell my wife, I did a great job today because so-and-so said I did a great job today. And I've come to learn that that can be an idol. I used to take off on Thursdays. And on Thursdays, there was somebody in my church that I couldn't get out of my brain. Thursday was the day to refresh. Thursday was the day to relax. There was somebody and something going on in the church that I could not get off of my brain. And usually I would mow the yard. And I'd take that lawnmower and I'd just mow and mow and mow. And I'm not going to call a guy's name. But he's just on my mind all the time. And I've come to learn that that obsession with that person had become my God for that day. Now, he wasn't my God forever, but for that day and that period of time, he was my God. I've also come to learn that the scripture is true. Psalm 85 says that when God speaks, he speaks peace. And I'm more afraid of people than I am of God. I'm more afraid of other people's opinions than I am of God. I'm more afraid of what you think of me than I am of God. And I've had to confess that. I have created an idol out of you, the church. And that, my friend, is a sin. Now that's just my idol that I conjure up from time to time. What's yours? <laughs> you don't have to discuss it with anybody, but think about it. Think about it. And then the Lord told me to say this, and I'll move on to the next one. If you're not tithing, you're hiding an idol somewhere. He just told me to say that. I don't know why. So some assessment needs to take place if we are to protect our hearts from the idols that are around us. I know we have TV programs called American Idol. And I know there are cultural things in our world. I could just name anything in the world could be an idol. Anything. Anything. It doesn't have to be a little crafty thing that you made but it's something that you trust and believe in something that has control of your life more than your relationship to Christ what is it well here's your assignment here's what you do with that I don't want to just leave you and say oh it's terrible isn't it terrible that we have idols in our day and our time 
This is what I've learned in Scripture. Every day I need to assess what my idol is this day. And then number two, I need to follow an assignment from God that's an assignment of grace and mercy. And I need to listen to Moses' um, protege who took over after him. And at the end of his life, he said to the Israelites in Joshua chapter 24, he said, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. The antidote to idolatry is serving the Lord. The antidote to idolatry is serving the Lord. You will not serve perfectly. You will not do it exactly right every time, but you will do it under the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ who is trying to mold us through our ministry to other people. It's when we're trying to make the world serve us that these idols control us. But when we are ministering the gospel to the world, then God is removing those idols from our life. I like the word where Joshua says, serve the Lord in sincerity and in truth. The word, the Hebrew word for sincerity is, uh, is a very short word. It's got four letters. The first letter is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The second letter is the middle letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And the last two letters are the last letters of the Hebrew alphabet. It's like from A to Z, we are to serve God truthfully and sincerely. That's what we do. You remember that, uh, that um, pledge you had to give when you get up? to be a witness on the, on, the, on the witness stand. You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. That's what God is looking for from us. He's looking for truth. He's looking for ministry and service that is true and honest with integrity and, uh, and fullness and reliability. And if you are doing that, idols will die away in your life. Idols will die away in your life. If you're not ministering and not serving the Lord, you got an idol that you are hiding away. And this wilderness that we're walking into these days, as we leave the COVID days and go into a near future, I encourage you to put on the full armor of God that you might resist the devil and that uh, you would be strong in the Lord in worshiping Him and serving Him honestly, authentically, and with integrity. That's how we grow in the Lord. Paul said, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. Serve Him. For you were dead, but now you have a new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer master over you, for you no longer live under the requirements of this law. Instead, you live in the freedom of God's grace.
So how do we get rid of these idols that are hurting us, idols that are becoming a substitute for, the, for God, idols that are culturally accepted and yet the Lord says they're going to hurt you? What do we do? We minister in the name of the Lord. We give our life every day completely to serving the Lord Jesus Christ this day under the grace of Almighty God doing the best we can. And we do not do it perfectly. That's what always kept stumping me was that I didn't do it perfectly. Well, we'll never do it perfectly, but we do it under the grace of Almighty God. Remember, Christian, that umbrella of God's grace that we live under, and we walk around as if it's raining, living under this umbrella of the grace of God. And though we fall, though we let idols slip in, we repent and we carry on and we improve and we do better next time because we live under the grace and mercy of Almighty God. Today, if you've not yet committed your life to Christ as your Savior and Lord, I encourage you to do so today. Today is your opportunity to be saved, to be delivered from sin, because the stuff that you want in the world is not going to take you to heaven. Everything you worship in this world and want from this world is going to die away. And the only thing that is eternal is the blood of Jesus Christ, His salvation, and the forgiveness of our sin. Today is the day to let that thing go and give your life to Christ. And if you'll do that, I want you to come. I want you to be... Up here, I'll counsel with you and pray with you as you give your life to the Lord. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that helps remind us that we have things in our life that don't belong there. They're taking up space. They're keeping us away from our relationship with you. And they're keeping us from being ministers of the gospel. And I pray, Lord, that these idols will be recognized, that you'll make us aware of them through the Holy Spirit, that we will turn away from them and treasure you and desire you the most. I pray, Lord, today that our fathers will be strong to set the example of a courageous men who will not serve idols but serve the living God. I pray also that during this invitation someone will come forward saying, I'm ready, it's time for me to give my life to Jesus and be saved. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And all who agreed said, Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. 
If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Akron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.